Good evening, and welcome to the Elite Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Addison Elko. Wait, you're joined not... by my co-host, Chad Patterson. You're not Eric Von Don. I am not. But Eric is not here today, and I have taken the responsibility of hosting episode 38. Wow. So this is, this is your first uh, your first time hosting. That was my first time with the introduction. Why? A little bit of... A little bit of jitters, a little bit of butterflies in the stomach, but now it's just like any old podcast. Yeah. See, once you get in the groove of it, you're good. Plus, plus, you're way more handsome than the original host. That is true. We have made that statement before that when the two of us are hosting, infinitely more handsome, Yeah. more knowledgeable. But Eric just has that good hosting voice, and that's kind of why we keep him around. But It's funny because like, when, you, when you look at the, at the pie chart of like, like a demographic of uh, listeners... When, when, you, when you and I host, it's uh, it, it shoots up to like eighty five percent women. Wow. Yeah. That's that's quite the statistic. Yeah, it's weird how that works out. Yeah. Well, here we are for episode thirty eight, and so for this episode, we're we kind of do the normal thing where we get into the kind of groove of the regular season, go over any kind of notable news, not really like how the players did, because we'll do that in the weekly matchups, but anything. Mostly injuries, maybe some signings. Uh, we're highly renowned news and brews. Hopefully, Ooh. we're still going to have the cool little sound effect. But if we don't, you know. I don't, did you, like, mesh two different sounds together for that? Yeah, I got to find it. It's on my hard drive somewhere. <laughs> it was cool. It was like a little, like, pop of the bottle. Then, like, the, dun, 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 like the intro to, like, the, like, a news show. Yeah. I just got to look for it. Um... Trades and bets, which I don't think we may have one come live mid podcast, so we'll see about that. Then we're gonna recap week one and then preview the week two matchups. So we, you know, week one ended. Week one is in the books. How are you feeling after week one, Chad? Uh, not great. Um, I, I had a re- historically bad week. Um, but you know, I think I will bounce back this week. I think I'll bounce back with a win this week. So. How, how do you feel about the? The the tie the Steelers had against the Browns can't be happy. You hate to see it, you know. The, the Steelers <laughs> the Steelers were up a lot, and uh, you know they definitely choked that game away. Um, but I mean, at the same time, I guess good for the Browns. They're off of their horrific losing streak, I guess. So, yeah, I don't really count that. You gotta right. win. All right, all right, but yeah, I mean it sucks. I mean to not to, to not score in overtime against the Browns is is not good so but the the block field goal was i bursted out laughing and i'm not gonna lie i ride with steelers nation you know pittsburgh head steeler headquarters whatever i'm pulling for the browns a little bit this year it didn't have to be week one against the steelers but i kind of do want to see the win for eric for the hard knocks but when that block got when that field goal got blocked i was hysterical laughing because it was just classic browns a flashback to last year with the ravens blocking the field goal Oh my god, that was just that was, that was even funnier. That was one of the horrors I've ever laughed. I think was that <laughs> just really funny. And I'm trying to think of like any of the good games week one. Like we had the great Sunday night game, but I think once the red zone's flowing, and time I'm not really paying attention to how the games are going. Like I can remember some of the blowouts, but I can't really tell you, you know, a, a list of like really the close games or one possession games. I'm just so focused on how my players are doing yeah. that I kind of lose sight of how the games are actually going. Yeah, for sure. I remember that the uh, actually no, it wasn't even close. I was gonna say the Saints Bucks game was close at I think it was close at half. Yeah, well, that was the all out shootout with Fitzmagic. Yeah, and which was crazy. That was crazy. That was a crazy game. But I but, mean, yeah, yeah. I, I remember the Bills blow up more than I remember any of the close games. Yeah, that was horrific for the Bills. But a solid week one. Um, you know, there are not many upsets in our in our league, but we'll get to it. But we'll start with the news and notes. And we'll start off, we haven't had a quarterback update in a while, but uh, Aaron Rodgers, unsure about his Week 2 status, almost was out what looked like possibly season-ending or most of the season at halftime of Week 1, but we all know he came back, had an unreal second half. Um, If you're even an Aaron Rodgers owner, I, I assume if he's cleared to go, he's going to play well, but we've also seen him play in the playoffs, even against the Cowboys, on basically one leg. Mm-hmm. But if you're an owner of Adams or Cobb, are, are you feeling confident starting any of those guys, or are you kind of looking to your to your bench here? Um, I feel confident still starting Devontae Adams. Cobb, not so much. Um, to take it even further, um, I feel less confident if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play starting Browns receivers and tight ends. 
because I would yeah. imagine that it would be a shootout if Rodgers was in there. So, Interesting. So that scares me a little bit too. But I would say Devonta Adams is is an every week starter, um, with or without Rodgers. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's gonna play. It's funny. Do you see the video of him uh, doing the the, the post game, um, like talking to the reporter? He I like, didn't. I knew. I knew he did it in some accent, but I, I actually didn't see it. No, no. It looked like he was like on like so many painkillers. Like looked like he was like loop, <laughs> like loopy. It was really strange. No, I but um, he's Aaron Rodgers. I think I think he'll be back this week. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you got to start Adams because even if Kaiser in there, I assume he's going to look to his number one. I don't know the exact numbers, and I don't have them, but I'm pretty sure the the splits of Cobb with or without Rodgers is like night and day. Like he's terrible without Rodgers. Like Rodgers makes Randall Cobb, I which is not it. a knock on Cobb. Rodgers is that good. Right. But I agree with you. I think if you do have Cobb. I think Deuce has him. His, his lineup should be deep enough where he could throw someone else in that flex spot. Um, if Rodgers plays, I may start Jerome Allison. Obviously a clear bench if Rodgers is not playing. But it's you know, Nick picked up Alex Smith for that reason because I think he had to go out and trade for a quarterback last year when this exact situation happened. So at least he's got that locked up. Yeah. So that'll be Moving on to running back, number one waiver wire finally used by our own co-host Chad Patterson. Thank you. So you've been holding on to it for almost two years, if not more. So take me through what you were thinking there. Why did you use it? And you know, you can tell everyone who you used it on and go through that. Yeah. So you know, I've been holding it for two years. Honestly, I got sick of holding it because like I ended up like just valuing it way too high and like waiting for that absolute diamond in the rough that I know was going to be a stud and. I don't know if that guy was ever going to come around. So I need running back help badly this year. I had Baldwin go down. Edelman suspended. I need another flex guy. And, you know, he's the hot name this week. He had a great, great uh, week uh, the first week. Um, He was basically even with Royce Freeman. Had a little bit more receiving yards, more catches. Um, And, you know, he's just like a big play guy. A lot of the comps he's getting are uh, Tariq Cohen which, you know, is, is someone that I also have. So to have both those guys, you know, two huge, you know, possible playmakers, big play guys, um, I'm happy about using the waiver. It's funny that nine other people tried to get him. It makes me, yeah. feel, it makes me feel a little better. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm throwing him in, the, in my flex immediately. I just, I just I need a guy like him to, to give me some fantasy points. No, I agree. Did you say his name, Philip Lindsay? Philip Lindsay, yep. Yeah. Um, I think that had to be the most used waiver attempt because I think maybe I mean I think the time may be turning where people won't be holding out for that waiver after we saw McKinnon fall to ten. Just different guys slip because I I think you're right. People are afraid to lose it, and then the next week, you know, Fournette goes down and say Yeldon was out there, right. or you know that type of situation happens, and you're like, oh my god, I could have had that guy, but mm-hmm. you start getting cute with it. And I think more people are realizing that they should just use it, take the shot. I mean, you're already back up to nine. So only a few weeks, you might be back in the top half. So I agree with you. You needed the help this week with your bench. And we'll get to that in the week two matchups. But I think it was a good use, and it's nice to finally see you use your waiver. Yeah, I mean, I hope it pans out. If I can get any sort of flex value out of this guy, I think I'll be content with it. Um, And, you know... I, I, I like him. He's an undrafted free agent, and he's you know he's making splashes at, in Denver. So I think that had to be one of the more surprising things of Week One, like out of a nowhere running back by committee with Philip Lansy. To me, that was like, where is this coming from? Yeah, I mean, he had a great, great preseason, but a lot of guys have great preseasons and then don't make the team. So the fact that he even made the team and is getting 15 carries in the, the first game is pretty promising. So. Yeah, and not even that he had a good preseason. Like Royce Freeman was a guy that went from redraft nine to ten to almost like a second rounder. Like people, the hype on him was right. more than any from say training camp to the to the start of the season. So I think that surprised a lot of people. And maybe his, you know, I still like Royce Freeman, but maybe his redraft value got a little bit too high. Yeah. No, so, I, I agree. So moving on. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, Another unfortunate news going from Chad using his waiver on a guy he loves to he doesn't have him anymore, but 
someone that's true to home on the Elite Dynasty podcast. Dixon back on the IR. Mm. Had a pretty good week one. I was surprised with the amount of touches he gets. He got given Buck Allen, given Alex Collins how he did last year. Got it, got in the end zone. And then now he's back in the IR. Just a guy that can't stay healthy, showed a lot of promise, has been back and forth of many people's teams. I think a lot of people do believe in the upside. Mm-hmm. But just something you hate to see. It, you really do. And I think that he was only in the game because the game got out of hand late. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always liked Dixon. His college tape is amazing. And I don't really think he was that injury prone in college. I can't remember if he was injured in college or not. I don't think that he was. So he, yeah, gets, he gets to the NFL. You know, he tears his MCL already. And then he gets suspended for PEDs, out for the year, comes back, you know. Doesn't have a huge preseason, but he's just that guy that Harbaugh loves for some reason. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've always liked his ceiling. I I unfortunately don't think he's going to pan out, especially being on IR again. Um, and it's not like he's getting any younger. So, yeah, that was gonna be my follow up. At this point, do you think the window of any value is pretty much closed? I would give it to the rest of the season. If he comes back like week 12 and is getting carries and looks good, then that might be your small chance to sell him. But sure, I think, yeah, for the most part, the value I got for him, which was a third, is probably the best that he's going to get from, you know, here yeah. on out. Yeah, I mean, he had a chance maybe to, to make that a little bit higher, but, yeah, the IR is not going to help him with this past. Uh, we've kind of talked about this before, but I thought it was an interesting little note going into week two after the the week James Conner had week one is Bell not on the depth chart. So it would appear that, you know, people were speculating that how well Conner did would Bell rush back to salvage his free agency value. Does how Conner perform have any impact on his value? You know, it's it's a it's a weird game he's got to play there. Um, but not the depth chart, so God assume he's not going to be there week two. Could be doing his week 10 and coming back uh, plan that people think he's going to do. But, you know, as a Steeler fan, are you pretty much just accepting the fact that life without Bell is your new future? I mean, I'm more accepting to it the fact that James Conner came out of the gate and just had an amazing game. Mm-hmm. You know, that speaks to our offensive line. That speaks to our game plan. Um not to say, obviously, James Conner's as good as Le'Veon Bell, because he's not, but, um, you know, I, I do feel more comfortable the more I saw James Conner run the ball. Yep. And kudos to Eric for trading for him, because that's working out huge in his favor. Yeah, I mean, people thought he was one of the better dynasty handcuffs in Stash, just because year after year, Bell has these kind of contract things. He is getting older, but... It's definitely paying out earlier, I think, than people expected and paying off in a way that no one could have expected. I mean, mm-hmm. that week one was amazing, helped Eric get a win. So, yeah, I mean, good for Eric. I mean, Rodgers probably isn't missing him too bad right now, but, you know, it, it doesn't help. It doesn't do him any favors having him on his bench, not getting many points. So we'll see. We'll see if he ends up – he can't get traded mid-year, but I, I think someone posted the possible teams he can end up next year. It was like Raiders, Jets team so it'll be interesting if we see him in a, on a different depth chart next year yeah i mean it would suck uh, but it was a good run yeah it was a good run and to wrap up the running backs i just had on here because it's sort of an, a major injury but maybe not so much as jeremy hill season ending injury uh i thought he i think he did had a decent stat line um for week one with the patriots you know, just back on the IR kind of gives a bump to Burkhead, who's who's on concussion protocol. So Michelle, who wasn't being you or is dealing with an injury, so that whole backfield's kind of up in the air right now. Mm-hmm. And I think who James White is the RB one right now. If he's like the only you know, healthy one, yeah, it's the only healthy guy. So I don't know. I don't know how much you want to you want to go into this, but I guess if you had to start one, even if they are all going to play. It seems like James White's the only one playing at a hundred percent, right? Yeah, I believe so. So that's I mean, good for him. I'm in his flex, I assume. I think he had him week one, but I thought he maybe would throw Carson in there. He may have to bench Royce Freeman. He might. Uh, it's gonna. It's it's gonna. We're gonna have to see how week two goes. 
I think I think they'll still split carries, and I think Royce Freeman probably has the touchdown upside. But yeah, I mean that's close. Who do you start, James White or Royce Freeman, if all the other Patriots running backs are dead? I mean, I would I would assume White, and I would hope you would think White because you don't want Freeman to have any sort of role with you know Lindsay in your flex. So. Oh, of course. Um, but yeah, just something to note: the Patriots' backfield once again, someone's going to do well, but you never know who. Uh, wide receiver, Chad, I have, I have a Doug Baldwin thing. Do you want to save this for the later segment? Um, yeah, cause I probably, yeah, let's save okay. it. Okay. So we will touch on Doug Baldwin a little later. So the only wide receiver news I had is Corey Coleman signing with the Pats. Um, this may just be a temporary hold. I mean, he's just being cut from the Brown or traded for the Browns for a seventh cut by the Bills. I mean, if you can't make it on the Browns and the Bills, I don't think you have a chance anywhere. Um, but anyone that signs with the Pats has immediate intrigue. Are you targeting him in waiver wire or any kind of deal at all for this year, Chad? I am not. Um, and that's because of, like you said, he, he couldn't make it on the Browns, couldn't make it on the Bills. Um, and we've seen the Patriots do this before with Kenny Britt, Jordan Matthews, both guys that you know were great value. I think they're... I can't remember if Jordan Matthews was a first-rounder or not, but they both were, you know, pretty highly coveted by receivers. Came to New England, didn't didn't make it. So, I but on the you know on the other hand, I do think that New England has a reputation of um, taking these first-round guys and making them good. So I don't really know which side of the coin I'm on. I think I'm more so avoiding him because you know we we've done this dance before with Corey Coleman. Um, <laughs> But, you know, like I said, the flip side is, like, look at Philip Dorsett. He was a first-round guy, and he had a great first game. So Yeah. What, I'm, on the, what, I'm on the side with you. Okay. I'm staying away from Corey Coleman. Yeah. I think I at one point I was going to trade a first for him. I just thought his upside was there, draft pedigree. But I'm over him. I think I'm just over him. And once he got caught from the Bills and traded for a seventh, I don't care who takes him. Mm-hmm. You can prove me wrong in a couple of weeks with the Patriots, but I think once Edelman gets back, or if they sign Dez, rumors falling back around, I think he's gone. I think he's just there for a body. Yeah. I'll be shocked if he's fantasy relevant at all this week. Yeah, not to mention he's injury prone too. And he's injury prone. Uh, moving on to tight end, two unfortunate uh, news and updates here. We got Greg Olson. I put out for season, but he might not be out for season, but – Broke his foot the same the injured last year. He's getting up there in age. Is this the last we've seen of Greg Olson? And Delaney Walker out for the season. Seen it in an air cast. I'm not exactly sure if it was his leg or his foot, but he's out for the season. You hate to see it. I mean, injuries week one suck. Uh, any week, I mean, injuries any week suck. But, you know, the, that they were starting high-end tight end ones on Greg and Kojak's team. Kojak was starting two tight ends, and I think Walker was in his flex. These aren't some low-end streamer guys. These are guys you want in your lineup every week, especially Greg Olson. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, Chad, I, I think some of these guys got picked up on the waiver, if not both of them, but Ian Thomas is the name I think is being thrown out there for the Panthers, and then I think he's 22, Juno Smith for the Titans. Uh, I picked them up in my dad's league as well. You, you target these guys, I mean, with maybe Delaney Walker and Olsen, maybe his career's getting to that point. Are, are these guys that are legitimate Dan, uh, uh, assets? You should be trading second, thirds, or maybe more for them. Yeah, two huge, huge names to go down. Um, if, if I had to pick out of their replacements, it would be John Lee Smith. Um, I liked him last year. I think he's a great um, hands tight end. Uh, I think he's super athletic, and the only thing that scares me about him is is Mariota and that and that quarterback situation. Because I don't, I honestly don't think Mariota is all that great. Um, and then with Greg Olson, Ian Thomas, I don't really, to be honest, I don't really know much about him. I don't, yeah, I don't know either. I don't, I never watched his tape. I don't know what round he was drafted in. Um, but apparently, he's getting rave reviews, you know, with with, with the Panthers. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm sticking with Janu. Um, he was a guy that I was looking at two on the waivers, but I don't need three tight ends. So um, I actually have three tight ends right now. Do you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm just trying to stream the guy, and of course, I cut Cook on the best week for a tight end. But ASJ 
TD dependent. Vance is hurt, but I can't cut him yet. And then I picked up the dude from Seattle because he had a great game. So I'm just trying to find that one guy. If I have to stream all of them, I mean, eventually I'll cut one of them for, yeah. for somebody because I don't want three tight ends. But we're rolling with that for now. I'm, yeah. I was I actually was the only one that put in a waiver for Johnu or Jun. How do you say his name? Johnu. Johnu. Yeah. But you know, Greg got him. So good for good for Greg. I'm sure that'll pan out because it seems like anyone he picks up pans out. I mean, these are all guys we've we talked about this before, where they're they're all just dart throws. You don't one of them could go off any given week. Yep. You know they're they're outside of like the top five elite tight ends. So completely agree. So that'll do it for news and notes. We're gonna move on to cue the music. News and brews. Ooh, I love this segment. I love this segment too, and I, I kind of wish we did it more. Uh, once you know, people moved out and went left apartments. The creative buzz kind of kind of left. And I thought this is one of the more creative segments we ever did. Oh, for sure. Um, so we're gonna do, and we only did two because you know, week one. I think we did this more in the middle of the year when there was more like kind of random news out there. But we're gonna pick a player, and we're gonna compare him to a brew, or there be a beer or something that you drink. We're gonna compare that person to a beverage. So Chad, I'll, I'll let you lead off. All right. Well, my first guy is, you know, we talked about this before, Doug Baldwin. Uh-huh. Doug Baldwin, um, you know, was my wide receiver one. Uh, partially tears his MCL out two to four weeks per Pete Carroll. Can you really believe Pete Carroll? I don't know. <laughs> okay. um, but the beer that I compare Doug Baldwin to is Miller Lite. And huh. do you have any idea why? I don't. Why is Doug Baldwin Miller Lite? Because it's shitty and it sucks. <laughs> and, you know, I expected big things out of Baldwin. You know, he's still obviously going to come back. and But will he ever really be healthy with both his knees now? You know, have, like, arthritis and he's getting old. And I traded a 2020 first for him. And, you know, all these things pile together. Add the hops. Add the yeast. <laughs> mash it all up turned it into a horrible tasting beverage that is Miller Lite. So that's uh, my first one. All right. And that, that came from a, a place of passion and anger. I could feel that. <laughs> all right. So I was going to start with my actual brew, but I, mean, I want to save it for last. So my first guy is going to be, and there's already been news that kind of contradicted this, but is Nathan Peterman. And Nathan Peterman to me is any well shot at a bar. Any well so, shot at a bar, okay. So, so people bring you over, you get like the beer and a shot, and you're kind of convinced like this shot won't be that bad, and you take it, and it's terrible. Mm. No well shot has ever been good, but then for some reason, when you go to the bar the next week, you're thinking, oh, beer and a shot, that sounds pretty good, mm. and then you take a shot, again, and you're like, this is terrible, and that's Nathan Peterman. Last year couldn't have been worse. Five interceptions in a game just was an utter disgrace to the to the quarterback position. They go out and they draft Josh Allen, who I don't like, but early in the first round, presumably going to be the starter. And what do the Bills do? They start Nathan Peterman. They took the well shot at the bar again, thinking it won't be that bad. And he was horrific. First half, I think he had two picks. They were down like 50 to nothing whatever the score was, just, he's awful. I mean, the, the Peterman run, and I think the coach up until today where I think Allen is going to start was still undecided about who they're going to start. we got to look at the tape. I mean, how many bad shots at the bar do you need to take before you realize you don't like, well, whiskey or mm-hmm. vodka, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, Nathan Peterman is every well shot you take at a bar. I like it. I like Thank that you. one. All right, so for my, my second one and my, my final one, uh-huh. Um, Ed, maybe you can help me with this one. How how old were you in in nineteen ninety four? I was four. You're four years old. Or I was th- four. Yeah. You're four years old. Do you happen to remember what drink made huge noise and everyone had to have it back in nineteen ninety four? I wanted to say, what's the orange juice? Uh, Sunny Delight or the the one with like the little pouch you put it in. The... It, it's alcoholic, and oh, it, the, I don't know. The slogan was drunk. the slogan was I maybe the, maybe this will help. The slogan was something different, something. Oh. 
I'm talking about Zima. I'm talking. <laughs> Tell I'm t- me what Zima is, because I-, I don't know what it is. Zima is like a uh, bottled, kind of tastes like Smirnoff. Okay. It's clear. Okay. This this looks familiar. Okay. I know what it looks like. Okay. It hit the market in 1994. Okay. Mm-hmm. And before that, it was getting all this buzz. It was, oh man, this is gonna be revolutionary. People are gonna mm-hmm. stop drinking beer. This is gonna be so good and tolerable, and I'm just gonna be able to drink it casually and all this stuff. And then so it hits the market in 1994, and then guess who was drafted in round four? Martavis Bryant. Okay. Really weird. Both fours, huh? Mm. Pick 118, round four. Martavis Bryant gets drafted, and he's got the hype. He's this big guy coming out of Clemson. He's getting so much buzz. He comes into the Steelers. He's blogs written about him. Blogs written about him. He has a great rookie season. <laughs> people are loving him in year two of fantasy football. People uh-huh. want people want him, you know? So, Zima gets discontinued in 2008, okay? Let's just disregard the the year gap gaps here, okay? Okay, I'll ignore it. Okay, so it comes off the shelf. You know, same with Bryant. Brian misses part of 2015, uh, you know, with the substance abuse stuff, but comes back, has, has a pretty good rest of the year. 2016, gets caught again, out for the entire year, and, you know, he becomes a long-term hold. You know, he has he's a lot of potential to make a comeback. Um, he's, he's still this big, physical, dominant receiver. He's coming back to a Steelers offense, which is very high-powered and prolific. So, mm-hmm. you know, people miss Zima, people miss... Martavis, okay? Okay. 2017. Zima returns on a limited release. Wow. But you know what? You know what? It feels forced. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It was kind of like those things where it's like, oh, this is like so nostalgic. Like, let's bring it back. Literally, I I Googled Zima beer, and the the article reads from 2018, May, get ready to drink like it's the 90s again. Right. It goes right to your point. Right to my point. And so it comes back, and, you know, people are reluctant. Bryant comes back. You know, people are hyped, but he doesn't live up to the expectations. Uh Same with Zima. Zima comes out for not a long time. People aren't buying it. People aren't drinking it. Same with Bryant. Comes back, has a really bad 2017 season. You know, people are really down on him. He was a throw into one of my trades to Rob. So so let's bring it back to now 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 in the present, twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Guess what comes back in twenty eighteen, Ed? Not Guess Zima. what's coming back? Zima? Zima. It's coming <laughs> back again. It will not die. And you know who else is coming back? You know who just signed a one year deal with the Oakland Raiders? Who, Chad? Martavis Bryant. He the won't guy die. the guy will not die. And I don't get it. I think that he's going to get suspended again and be out for the rest of his career. Probably and drinking too many Zimas. Probably drinking too many Zimas. Or he's using it as an ashtray to put his joints in or something. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. that All is right. that is the timeline of Zima and Martavis Bryant. Thank you. Okay. Well done. Well done. So for my last one, and it's Lear if you're listening, turn your volume up. My last person is going to be Tyreek Hill. And the beer I'm comparing him to is Dead Crow Beer. <laughs> now, this is going to be a big moment for me. So instead of eating crow about Tyreek Hill, I'm going to drink crow and admit I was 100% wrong about Tyreek Hill. He is explosive. He is not a fluke. He's, I'm scared of him. If I play against him and across all leagues... I wouldn't probably have given a first run last year. That obviously is, is stupid. He's well worth that. I, I can't I can't knock him out the first week, three touchdowns from all angles and whatever, special teams, goal line, you know, out of the passing game, everything. So I'm eating crow. I, I couldn't have been probably my worst take I'd ever had was how much I hated Tyreek Hill. Um and there it is. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking Crow. He, he's a great fantasy asset. I wish I had him, and I was wrong. Wow. You really had to suck up your pride for that one. 
I know. It was tough, but I kind of still went into this season thinking the regression is coming. And instead, it was probably his best week he's ever had. So, you know, just got to man up sometimes and admit when you're wrong. And I was wrong about Tyreek Hill. And that's why he's dead crow beer, <laughs> which isn't a flattering name for the beer, but it's it's a, it's a symbolism beer. Where does one buy dead crow beer? I don't know. It's it's uh, there's a ruby red. There's all these different brands. It was the only one that I found that had crow in the name. There's actually Crow Peak. Crow Peak is a name. So I probably could have gone with Crow Peak instead of instead of Dead Crow. But um, yeah, Crow Brewing Company. I actually think it's in. Yeah, they're actually I don't even know if it's in New York, but Crow Brewing Company, Southern California based. Okay. Cheers some Dead Crow to Tyree Kill. So that'll do it for news and brews. I kind of wish Eric was here for that, but we'll, we'll bring it back. This is a pretty fun segment. I enjoy it. I hope all the listeners enjoyed it. Um, I would segue into trades and bets, but yet again, Chad, none. Excuse me? None. There's no trades and bets? No trades and bets for the second Are week in Are you kidding me? I brag to people about the activity in our league. Granted, I think like four people woke up at 3 a.m. for waivers, so that kind of speaks to the obsession. But still, could we get a trade, or could someone make I think there was a, a, a week one bet on Ertz versus uh, Ridley on just total fantasy points. Ridley dropped to zero, so it's sort of $125 from Eric, but it's already done. We can't even discuss it. Obviously, that was a st- stupid bet. So I'm a little heated. Someone needs to make a trade. I'm pit- and I I'm know we haven't made any off. trades either. Could could be on us, but, you know, let's get that going. So, usually Eric hosts, and I, I kind of do the, the matchups. So, let's alternate uh, matchups, Dad, so it's not just me blabbering the whole time. So, let's let's go over the week one uh, results, kind of highlight, the, you know, what, what went wrong, what went right. Uh, we just go from there and then move on to the week two matchups. How's that sound? Sounds great. All right. So, I'll start with me. It was me versus Greg. And I was actually thinking about doing uh, You Hate to See It uh, of the week. Just kind of pick some things that were on. And one of the nominees was going to be me. Dropping a 160 and losing to Greg's 188. You hate to see it. You hate to see that one. It it doesn't happen often. And I said that in my write-up. I mean, I had Kamara dropping 40, Breeze almost 40. Jordan Howard, solid performance, and my, my defenses and IDPs going off. Kind of pedestrian from the rest of my lineup, I'll admit. But I kind of liked what I saw out of A-Rob and Algalore as far as their usage. They just couldn't quite get the yards or get in the end zone. But I'm still optimistic. But goddamn, Greg just went off. Seven guys in the 20s. Fucking Peterson is annoying. I mean, a lot of this guy, nothing, I'm not surprised. I mean, I love Julio. I love Keenan Allen. I've been telling everybody Deion Lewis is going to be better than Henry and Sanders will be better than DT. So none of this is even surprising to me. The Peterson thing is, I'm, I'm, that's the most surprising outcome of this week and was the difference in our lineup. If Peterson would have went out there and had one of his, you know, really bad games that he had last year, I may win this week. Mm-hmm. But 26 points was the difference, and I'm sitting at 0-1, and Greg at 1-0. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. Anything else? No, you I mean, or want to chime in? Just you know, I, I won't. I won't admit that I was wrong about Peterson yet. Per the per the last pod, but yeah, um, you know, it's it's tough to beat, tough to win when you know, the first six out of seven guys in his roster put up over twenty points. I mean, one eighty eight is a you could be the high of the season for most like of the league. Yeah. And just drops it on me week one, and a 160 normally wins. But that's the way we move Greg up to one of the power rankings, and you hate to see it. Yeah, his IDP is under, underperforming, too. Yeah. So. Well, he picked up Baby Watt, so maybe he'll have his same defensive player of the year for, I mean, of the year, of the week on the AFC. Yeah, he had like four sacks or something like that. Yeah, four sacks, like a bunch of tackles, a blocked field goal. He good. He's good. Do so you have a matchup you want to dive into from sure. last week? I'll start at the top, so I'll go with mine. Mm-hmm. Um, a whopping 93 out of the Mad Chatter versus uh, Mike, the champion, Rogers with 153. 
you know, just a solid 60-point deficit here. <laughs> um, you know, tough to win when your wide receiver one gets hurt and puts up zero. And uh-huh. then the whole rest of your roster, besides your quarterback and defense, don't score a touchdown. So, wait, wait, you had one of your D, your IDP score a touchdown, and no, one of your skill players did J- Jacksonville D. That's you, you hate to see that. You do, and do I, I was I was gonna nominate the Baldwin injury for you hate to see it, but he, he could have went off and you still would have lost. Yeah. So, and tough, tough to too, tough to do that one. I, I mean, I'm optimistic. I'm talking it up as a fluky week because. I still think that my team is pretty good, but mm-hmm. they, I agree. They just they just underperformed this week. Yeah, I think I mentioned that in the lineup. Like, what are the odds that all of your guys are not going to score a touchdown mm-hmm. in the same week? I mean, that's very that's pretty unlucky. Then you got the picture of Trey Burton wide open in the end zone, doesn't get the ball. That that looked fake. Like it was so comical, especially the way it looked like a little kid when you're like, "Give me the ball, give me the ball," and they <laughs> yeah. put their hands up in the air and jumping around. It was just hilarious. And what was the result of that play? I wish I knew. I don't remember. It what was the like a five-yard loss. Five-yard loss. Yeah. <sighs> That's it's tough, but at least he's getting open. You know, I'd probably rather get blown out. I mean, I'd rather not get blown out, but you know what I mean. Like, it's only week one. You know, I still have hope for your team. Yeah, I mean, the good part is it was against Rodgers, who I probably wasn't going to beat anyway. Mm-hmm. Who you know had his Sean Watson underperformed, but you know Mike Thomas is a stud. David Johnson's yes. back. McCaffrey is a PPR stud. Tate scores. Fitzgerald, the usual Fitzgerald. Um, you know he actually didn't meet his projections either. But you know one fifty three and not meeting your projections is pretty damn good. So yeah, it shows how good the projections are. And I think we spoke about it a few episodes ago. I mean, I said it too that after this week the running back projections have to go down. I mean, David Johnson putting up 16 McCaffrey 11 is pretty solid, but 23 and 20, basically 24 and 20 points is just way too much to be projected. I mean, that was a common theme for everybody's running backs. I'm like, what are these projections thinking is going to happen in this yeah. game? Like yeah. every running back, even like second and third string running backs were getting close to 10 points. Like what? Is it the whole team's going to run for 300 yards? Um, so next one, unfortunately, our co-host is here, but a, a throttling and surpri- maybe not surprising, but Eric over Rob, 135 to 100. Eric, very impressive. And I didn't realize he was projected 130. have to imagine 135 is the highest that he's done in quite some time. Um, and he didn't even get – he got a combined 3.6 points out of Watkins and Ridley. And he still put up 135. Obviously, the main help, James Conner, almost 35 points, a total stud week one. Baltimore's defense – like last year, continues to be his top three player. Jesus, Miles Jack. Oh, my God. And then Miles Jack went off. You know, if Bellover comes back, this lineup's not going to look as good, but Lockett's looking a lot better now. He did well, you know, when Baldwin was out. Buck Allen can be good. Mike Williams put up 10 points. Yeldon had 15 without Fournette, who says that he's going to go week two, but maybe he'll be limited. You know, his, his handcuffs are panning out, and he might have to go – four running backs to, to pull off any more wins if he wants to put, you know, lock it in the Ridley spot and, you know, bench Ridley, but a great first week out of Eric to avoid last place, Rob. You know, he has a lot of high ceiling guys, low floor. They all hit the floor this week. No one really did well for him except for Kittle um, and his defense giving him seven. If, if Los Angeles defense doesn't go off, he's having probably a worse week than you do. So... I, st- I, I still think Robson's better than Kojak, but we'll see. Yeah, no, I think the big takeaway from this is Eric scoring 135 and hitting on all the handcuffs. Yeah, you know, maybe sure. Maybe his luck is turning around. Uh, nah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you have a yes, let new me, matchup? Let me get into uh, Kojak and Nick. Uh, Kojak okay. putting up 118, Nick putting up 142. Uh, both underperforming from their projections, and this this matchup was actually, actually pretty close at one point. We were, we were getting a little scared for Nick to, there towards the end, but Rogers coming back, having that miraculous second half, was a huge help. Um, Hopkins is going to Hopkins, Green is going to Green. Um, Freeman got hurt, underperformed, was out touched by Tevin Coleman in the in the first half, I believe. 
Um, Marshawn Lynch scoring, and uh, you know Gronk obviously is a stud. Chris Hogan's a surprise, only having 1.9 points. Um, yeah, a very pedestrian week for Nick, underperforming his projections by almost 20. Um, but you got to be a little bit surprised by Kojak's team here. You know, Tyrell Williams, a guy that we were shitting on, scored a touchdown, 8.8 points. Sure. Cam Newton, you know, a usual 21.24. That's around what he averages, I feel like. Carlos Hyde scoring a touchdown. Chris Thompson going off. You know, he has some sneaky guys that are going to put up points week to week. So He does. And I'll give the benefit of the doubt of Von Miller not scoring 20, but he's also not going to start a guy that goes zero. So even if you average those out, it's like a normal 10. Um, but yeah, even Nick, 14 points from Ronald Jones. I mean, I regret – actually, I don't regret cutting him, but I just thought he was dumb when he got hurt. He was, he's old. I, I don't know. I, I get what you're saying. And obviously, Sanu has touchdown upside, and he didn't get it. Hyde is going to get fed. And I'm, I am surprised about Car- uh, Chris Thompson. I thought that was a weird move that he made when he got him. And he was kind of getting tossed around from Ridge and other guys, and Ridge can make the same argument. Top six running back, he might be He's still in the top six after a 22-point performance. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess he is kind of the guy there with Peterson. I mean, both him and Peterson scored 20 points. That's crazy. I didn't realize they were, like, jamming the ball, you know, down over the Arizona's throat. But, I don't know. I'm not overly impressed. I still think he's going to be competing for last place. I don't know when he plays Rob or, or Eric, but those are going to be really big games. But, yeah, I mean, Rogers coming back was, was huge. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Uh, next, I'll go to, you know, which is kissing his ass and the news and bruise, but it's Lord of a Ridge. Um, just kind of going with your theme, Ridge underperformed projections by almost 20 and it's where overdid his um you know I, I don't think rich should be too discouraged Fournette had to leave early with an injury and still had 7.9 points and, you know Mariota left early and Corey davis was getting a lot of targets with him in the game i don't see evan ingram ever scoring 2.8 points again mike evans trade looks great for him and the barkley pick was an obvious home run but that, that touchdown run he had was fantastic mm-hmm we said it before on the matchup that his flex was going to be the reason he could lose early games without Sony Michelle and Penny really having a sound role early on. And it hurt him this week. Robert Woods, 5.9 points and Hearns 2.5. And I was telling everybody based on the reports that Hearns is not the guy in Dallas and granted no one did well, but I'm worried really any Cowboys receiver is going to have value, but especially Hearns because he was practicing with the second team. He doesn't have Dixon, who was his only good bench players. I don't know. I mean, he might get Fournette fully healthy. Penny, do you even understand the quote that Penny was rusty week one? It was his first game. How could he be rusty in your first game? Yeah, I don't really get that. So, Penny's rusty, and Michelle is still hurt. Will he play? I don't know. But I, I still like Ridge's team to get more wins as the year goes on. I think we all said that, that his playoff run will depend on how his rookies contribute early. Two of them aren't. So he's going to have these early losses, and I don't think 125 is anything to be mad about. Going on the Hitler side, Crowell did fantastic. Obviously, Tyreek with 41 points. The rest of the lineup kind of flaws. Marvin Jones, 8. Drake, 9.5, I guess, is, is okay. Rich only 7. Jamal Williams, 2. I don't expect that every week to be single digits. So if you can get a win with those guys underperforming, mm-hmm. but, you know, I think Hitler, pending the schedule, can be a legit playoff contender this year yeah Robbie Anderson only had one catch for 41 yards and a touchdown so that's all of his points right there yep um are you buying off topic are you buying the Jets being good um I mean they got so many opportunities picking off Stafford I mean uh staff daddy like the offense just had so much more of an opportunity to get points I'm not not buying them I mean I think Darnold has the has what it takes. I think he's the Giants should have taken him. I was avoiding mostly every Jet, you know, offensive weapon this year. But I think they're they're startable for sure. I don't. I'm not avoiding that. I, so I don't know if that's really answering your question. But I still think I think Crowell will get good points. I agree with you. The Anderson that was kind of fluky. So we'll just have to see if he can keep that up with the new one back in the lineup. What about you? Yeah, no, I don't know if I'm sold quite yet. I do think they put up an impressive performance, and I actually like the Lions a lot this year. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's more so that I was wrong with the Lions. Um, but I'm not sold quite yet. I'm going to give them another couple of weeks to see if they're actually legit. But right. I don't, I don't St- know. Staff that he did terrible, and all their receivers still did pretty well. Maybe not the running backs, but if you have a Lions receiver, yeah, you're, I think Tate and Galladay went off. I'm not sure how can't think of a third guy. Marvin Jones only had eight points. Still not terrible. No, not terrible. But so, yeah, I'm not I'm not buying them just yet. But that's fair. We'll see. All right, so getting into the next one, we will go Tiz and Wire. This one was only a one point difference. Tiz putting up one forty two point seven six. Wire putting up one forty five point seven four. Oh, I'm sorry, that must have stat corrected. I swear it was at one point at one time. It is on the website, but not the app. I think. Oh, okay. Some something's weird with that. But anyway, um, Wire getting the win here over over uh, performing his projections. Um, Tiz underperforming by a little, but this was a good matchup. You know, you Pat Pat Mahomes looks looks to be the truth. Uh-huh. Um, putting up thirty one points. Devonte Adams, we spoke earlier, eighteen points. Stephon Diggs caught a touchdown, twelve points. Delvin Cook, not the best game to by his standards, but still a respectable twelve points. Derrick Henry, um, I think I I'm changing to Deion Lewis. I think Deion Lewis is the guy. I'm going to lose that bet to you. There we go. Um, OJ Howard, sneaky six point four. Um, tight end so tough. It's almost like if you don't have a Gronk, like you're almost happy with seven points. It's don't don't give me a zero. I'm right. almost like hoping for with my tight end. I mean, look at look at the other side. Look at Jimmy Graham. He only had one point eight. Hey, you you called that one. You were not high on Jimmy Graham. It's week one, so we're not going to you know. But I agree with you. Rodgers doesn't support a tight end historically. Yeah, he never really has. So, and Greg the Leg putting up seventeen. <laughs> um, and then you know to go to the other side Kenny Galladay looks to be the real deal man I, I wish uh-huh. I had him Odell Beckham obviously is going to Odell and that's against Jacksonville 16 points against Jacksonville is pretty impressive that's a good point um, Joe Mixon putting up 25 I think this is his year he's going to break out this year um, he's got a tough matchup this week against the Ravens but we'll talk about that later um, Alex Collins it was a blowout so they were going to kind of Dixon towards the end or else he would have had more points. Kenny Stills. Oof. I'm so bitter about Kenny Stills, man. <laughs> 25 points out of him. That'll regress a little bit when Parker gets back. Um, It really is. I mean, he still won, but it really his only mistake was keeping Kelvin Benjamin in and not putting Deshaun Jackson in. His flex. Yeah, oof, yeah if you put Deshaun Jackson. But I think all you needed was one game of the Bills to be like, okay, I'm done with Bills wide receivers. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, it seems like, I mean, both their lineups did pretty good. It, it seems as though, like, just looking, when you went down all those players, like, wow, Ro- you know, Wires players went off. Mm-hmm. They only won by th- And it took a Galladay defensive play to even get in this win, which is insane. Although oh, look- so that, that was my second nominee for You Hate to See It. So it would have been Tiz with Derrick Henry. I'm also not high on him historically. But there was a 60-yard TD called back on a Delaney Walker hold where he is getting face-masked in the process of a phantom holding call. Oh. You hate to see it. You do. I missed that. <laughs> well, then, I just saw it on Twitter. I'm just looking at, at Wire's bench. He's got to hope no one really gets hurt because he doesn't have a lot of depth. No, he does not. So. A lot, a lot of zeros on that bench. <laughs> My God. Yeah. But, yeah, so we'll see. he's waiting for Mac to get back and Parker and right. Aaron Jones. But regardless, so, I mean, a good week out of Wire here for sure. Yeah, I mean, that trade looks good, and the guys he believed in are panning out. So definitely another annoying guy had to play twice a year and could easily make the playoffs. And let's go from there. So to wrap up uh, week one, who is Dooch versus Josh? A, a pretty high-scoring matchup. Dooch took this 177 to 142, both exceeding projections. I mean, a 142 loss is, is kind of tough. Uh, that doesn't happen all too often. I think that's well above average. But Dooch went off at Rivers. I was super high on him all off season. That was a great ad for him. AB doing his thing. JJ, 22 points. I mean, he got like shunned in the first half. Speculation that maybe he was being punished for something in the first quarter. Came out there, two touchdowns, got the workhorse. Melvin Gordon... Maybe I should just stop being down on him and saying he's a bad running back and gets volume because he keeps getting volume. 
So if the volume's there, it's it's and he got like what ten targets, nine targets at the backfield, which is pretty shocking. And Cobb, great game. Let's see what happens if uh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't play. But he can probably he may have to throw in Eckler and uh, Melvin. Both may have standalone value just on their own. I was pretty high on. I had Eckler last year, and if it wasn't, you know, obviously if Dynasty would keep our whole lineup, but I really wanted to keep him. I just couldn't justify it. On Josh's side, another you hate to see it is Goodwin getting hurt, dropping zero points. I don't know if it really would have made a huge difference here, mm-hmm. losing by over 30 points, but it certainly doesn't help. And I don't know, I was going through, you know, Cup, he believes in great. Ebron did good. Ted Ginn, I didn't likes, and a guy just keeps putting up points. In my face, at least. I, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't targeting Ted Ginn in any redraft. And I was having this argument with Greg today about Zeke. And I know he got in the end zone. That That's a part of his his good performance for 17.6. But he's only held to 69 yards. Carolina's held opponents to under 100 rushing yards by 22 straight games. I'm not, obviously, this is not the low. Like, his floor is not going to be 17.6. He's going to have a game. But almost felt like Zeke uh, couldn't have done any worse against the Panthers. And he still managed to get you 17.6. So I'm not exactly panicking. I know the Cowboys offense was in disarray, but I think it'll only get better. I think, you know, they have a backup center in there. They got young, you know, new wide receiver core. It's still Dak's third year. Let it breathe. They played a good defense. I'm not, I'm not panicking on the whole Dallas situation yet. So I think Josh still has to be optimistic. He gets a favorable schedule being in your division so I, I could i still can see a playoff potential for josh yeah no i think he, he got he got a couple guys on a boom week you know he had ted ginn and he had uh eric ebron who you know was out snapped by doyle by like 50 that's exactly yeah. that's exaggerating but something like that so um but yeah i mean all around great performances out of both these guys yeah for sure so with that we'll go on to the week two matchups uh Week one completed. Eric and the clubhouse leader with three and one, and me and Chad with two and two. This week, uh, kind of weird. I, I feel like there's some close matchups, and there's other matchups that are kind of further away in projection that I would expect them to be. So we're just going to have three. Um, I think we picked one that we think will be closer than the projection, so we'll see. But starting with the first one, because how my Yahoo app does it, that we're not going to vote on is me versus Ridge. Um, I'm obviously going to think I have a chance to win. I still don't love who he's throwing in the flex with Woods and Hearns. I don't think they're going to get a combined 17 points each. I'm torn on my flex. I have Amendola in there now. I don't think Crowder's – he got – his projections went up that week. I don't really understand the logic in that with Yahoo. But very disappointed with Crowder. Uh, you know, I don't think McCoy's going to have a two-point performance again. I still like my lineup a lot. I think it showed a lot of promise, obviously scoring 160. So – I think I'll win this probably by the the margin of the of the projection. I think a, a fifteen and point win is is pretty accurate. Yeah, I'm gonna side with you here as well. Um, his, his flex definitely does scare me too. Um, and you're taking a shot on guys like ASJ, um, possibly Amendola, but I think those guys have um, touchdown potential. Um, I'm not. I'm just like quickly looking at all the matchups you have here. I think uh-huh. I think Kamara is probably going to go off against the Browns. Um, I think Aguilar could go off against Tampa Bay. I mean, look what the, yeah, the Saints receivers the Saints just did against them. So I'm going to pick you, um, and because you're handsome. So thank you. All right. So the next matchup we won't be voting on is. It, you know how much it throws me with Greg's name is Addy's Texas, and I think it's my team. I just see Addy's, and I just keep – it's so annoying. Um, one versus three, technically, is Greg versus Itzler. And this could have easily been one we picked. Uh, probably is still going to be a good matchup. But, you know, Greg coming out hot with the 188, Itzler, here to, here to play. As long as Tyreek Hill is doing what he does. Like I said in the, the week one, I do think a lot of Itzler's guys that didn't perform still have the chance to perform well. Kenyon Drake is still getting the workload, workload there. You know, Marvin Jones still is there. Jamal Williams should do a little better, especially if Kaiser's behind center. They're probably going to run the ball a lot more. But that being said, I, 
uh, it's going to be hard for me to ever pick against Greg's team. Greg's yeah. team is just. I was just about to say that. I was just about to say that. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking Greg here, even though you know, Itler is our future champion. Mm-hmm. So and, you gotta hit a rope bump every now and then, you know. You do, and uh, Greg still has girly in his flex, so I'm infuriated. That's so annoying. He'll probably change it. He did. I don't. I hated like how we had like a really good logic for it. We're like, shut up, dude. <laughs> um, moving on to the third. Is Rogers versus Eric, and this is going to happen when really anytime Rogers or you know Greg may they play someone, we're probably going to always side with the favorite here. But if if um, Fournette can't play for sure and Yeldon gets thrown in there, look out for the for the upset. Wow. Rogers did pretty well week one, but if Eric could have came close to one sixty or one fifty ish if he had Yeldon in there and didn't start Calvin Ridley on a, on a Thursday night impulse, Eric's lineup has the potential to keep up with Rodgers. I don't think... I think this will be close to projection. Rodgers put up 161. And I think Eric can get higher if Fortnite doesn't play. So that's my little asterisk there. I'm not calling the upset, but watch this to be a little closer than, than we think. Okay. I think this will be a bloodbath, and I think Rodgers <laughs> is going to is gonna win by like 60. Sick. All right. So, conflicting opinions on that matchup. And the last one we will not be voting on is Dooch versus Tiz. So, the, the rare cross height. Well, not, not rare, but, you know, the, the cross division rivals. Um, you know, unlucky Tiz has to play Dooch twice, but that's just the way the fantasy gods play themselves out. You know, Dooch gets, you know, AB already went off, but Big Bench is so much better at home. Do I think J.H.I. is going to have the same type of 22 points? But at the bottom is still very strong. Cobb probably won't do what he does, and he'll have to put in. I don't know. Could I don't? It's tough because if if Tiz doesn't have Freeman in, and he puts in James White, and the Vikings go off, and Devontae Adams, it's possible. I'm not saying this is going to be a blowout. I think it should be close. The projections within 22. I'd probably still side with Dooch. I'm taking Tiz. Let's go. Down with Dooch. No reason why. I forgot I forgot the little mini rivalry here. So down with Dooch. Anything you want to add besides down with Dooch? No, I think um, Tiz putting in... Because uh, he didn't have Carson in his lineup last week, right? So I think Tiz putting Carson in. The Flax this week, we talked about Royce Freeman, who you know might be outsnapped by Philip Lindsay. We'll see how that pans out. Derrick Henry, obviously a question mark, but screw it. I don't want to pick the favorite every time. I don't want to pick Scratch. And I want to continue this rivalry with Dooch, so I'm going with this. Do you bet Eric Henry for James White and leaving Freeman and Carson? That's a good question. Probably not. So who are you leaving on the bench? <sighs> He's got five good startable running backs. I, I mean, I say good with hesitation with Derrick Henry, but he's obviously has the any given week he can break out that run. So I'm leaving either Carson or Freeman on the bench. Okay. I'm, I don't know which one. Probably That could decide this match. That I'm, choice. Yeah. Who would you leave? I might take Derrick Henry out. I really? Mean, he was severely outplayed. It wasn't like I I mean Freeman and Lindsay were kinda close. Carson's by far getting the snap load over Rusty Penny. Sounds like a sex position. And you got to leave Cook in there. I don't know. I mean, until Henry proves it, I might sit him with White having the big chance he has this week. To This could be the best week White gets until Sonny Michelle is back. Yeah. So if you're not going to start White this week, when are you ever going to start him? Yeah. We'll so, see what he does. We'll see. So now I'm going to the matchups that we will be voting on. And I keep picking first, so ch- well, okay, this one I know we're going to vote for first. So I'll go first on this one. And it's you versus Rob. Projected within one point. I, I, Rob said this too. Philip Dorsett being projected only 1.92 points seems a little, a little low. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he, had a, he had a pretty good week. I don't completely understand that I feel projection. like that's a glitch or something. I don't know. I mean, he is uh, playing the Jags. Yeah, but he's not going to get their full attention. Right. But I agree, starting over Doyle or Gallup, DJ Moore did nothing. 
I don't even know how Taewon Taylor did, but I, I kind of agree you should start the hot hand in set. I assume Coleman's not going to dig into his role week two, the week one that he's there. But do I have it in me to pick Rob? Do I think Rob will have the bounce back? Um, You think Rob's going to have the bounce back? What about me? I had the worst week ever. <laughs> That's a, I mean, yeah, but your lineup is better. <laughs> yeah, I'll pick you. I did, your lineup's just better. I know you're going to pick you too, and I kind of want to be a contrarian, but I, I do think you're going to win. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm like you. I will never pick against myself. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to pick me. I think I get off the schneid this week. I think Andy Reid finally is like, oh, I have Kareem Hunt on my team. I might as well use him. And was he on? He was used though, right? I mean, they're going to use Spencer Ware, and that was kind of like a foreshadowing to the the Hunt progression. Is they're going to get him back? Well, not he wasn't used in the past game, even though Andy Reid is speaking his praises on how he's going to use him in the past game. So it made no sense. He got like 15 carries. Um, he obviously still got the workload on the ground, but the thing that scares me the most is like. They want Mahomes to throw. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean he proved he can. Uh second oh, my tap's not working. Second matchup will be Josh Kojak. Kojak favored by two points against Josh. That makes no sense to me. I mean, you seem to like Kojak's lineup given the upside with Hyde and Thompson and, and different guys. And I know Bilal Powell got some some runs in there, but I I think that Zeke will have a bounce back game. If Goodwin doesn't play, I don't know who he plays, and that's a little scary. I, I think Hines did have a good game, but then he, I guess he could put Ginn into his wide receiver bench, Goodwin, and put someone else in the flex. So it, it's tough to say, and I don't think Cook's going to replicate what he did. And now I'm talking myself into Kojak. <laughs> it's so weird. I'm going to go Kojak. Okay. I like it. <laughs> um, I mean, who are you going with? I'm going to go with Josh. Okay. I do think Josh's team is better. Um, obviously, like you said, good wins a question mark, but, you know, I, I, I think that Cup is a stud. I don't know if Ginn is obviously – I don't think he's going to replicate what he did last week, but I just like Josh's players better, even though he's, for some reason, projected lower. Yeah, I don't want to root for Kojak. I mean, I don't. I root for my picks way more than our dinner bet. It's only one game, so I'm still. Gonna, I'm going to root for Josh because I have Kojak's pick. But yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking like you know, I was impressed with Josh's team, but a lot of the guys I just don't see replicating what they did last week. And the final matchup, which I guess there was other projections within this same range, but I guess we felt given the week that they had last week that this could be closer, and it's Nick versus Wire. And normally this would be a, a matchup we would never pick in years past. No. It would be Nick by, a, by a, a long shot. But Nick's only favored by 59%, 147 to 135. I mean, Wire's lineup's good. And I don't know if I'm ready to, to go ahead and say he's going to beat Nick because Nick's lineup is really good. You know, the faults that the, the flex issues with Nick last week Suddenly look a hell of a lot better when you got Juju Smith and Josh Gordon there. Yeah, I'd and say. not Ho- and not Hogan and Amari Cooper. Yep. So anything that you want to knock on them for last week isn't going to happen this week. Um, obviously the running backs Freeman was strangely not used that much, but even if Freeman has zero point not zero points but underperforms, I don't think it's enough to you know to stop him from beating Wire given the new flex. I mean that, just, that lineup is just. Really good. Hopkins, Green, Juju, and Gordon. Not I mean, bad. Goddamn. Goddamn. So I'm going Nick. It'll be close. Wire's got a good team, but Nick has that luxury of throwing in two studs in his flex he didn't put, play last year. I mean, last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going Nick. <clears throat> my my main reason is that um, both of Wire's running backs go on Thursday against each other, and Thursday night games are never good. So true, true. Mainly... That and also, I just think that Nick's team is better. So it is, it is better. I am going to go with Nick. All right. Do you have Eric's picks, or did he not make them? I he didn't respond in the group chat, so it will have the official po- uh, Twitter. I guess just tweet them out, or we'll just know his record, or you can put them in the chat. Whoever, however, he wants to go about posting his picks. Okay. Um, I'm sad to see no trade was made. 
mid podcast. There was there was some rumblings, but it doesn't seem like a deal is being made. Um, and Eric is down for double charges, double Rams. So here we go. In the, in the Survivor, you think you see the thing I posted where it's like the Browns are thirteen and four against the Saints since like nineteen sixty seven. Yeah, I don't buy into that, that though. Isn't that weird though? Yeah, that's weird. Very strange. But that'll do it for this episode. We got the blog back up. So you want to plug the blog and everything else we got going on? Yeah, it's uh, Elite Dynasty on WordPress. Um, just search Elite Dynasty in Google. It should show up on the first page. And uh, there you'll have all the power rankings every week, thanks to our lovely co-host, Mr. Addison Elko, who <laughs> does a great job doing those, and we're all very appreciative of him doing that. Oh, thank um, you. You know the social media at Elite Dynasty Pod. Don't follow at EFE40. <laughs> Don't if you follow. do unfollow EFE40. Yeah, spread, spreading a lot of weird propaganda. We don't we don't condone that. So unfollow EFE40. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, with the WordPress, I don't know what happened. I published it and it didn't automatically go to the Facebook. So I didn't have like you or Josh looking to that because I don't know how that works. It went to the Twitter. Yeah, it did. But not the Facebook. That's weird. Yeah. But that'll do it for this week's edition of the Elite Dynasty Podcast. Good luck on week two. See you later. Peace. Oh, I think you're insulting. <laughs>